Ball pythons. Mm-hmm. Nope rope. Danger noodle. Murder spurgerder. <laughs> no. Boop. Boop noodle. Boop noodle. Boop noodle for sure on this episode of CritterCast Podcast. It's Cassie and Karina and we're at it again. Sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot, but we also like to learn, so give us a shot. We'll talk about snails and their tweezer teeth. Or gush about our love of manatees. We'll tell you why owls are so scary to us. And there's tons more critters that we'll discuss. We promise to make sure you'll have a blast. Because you're listening to CritterCast. Welcome to episode 34. 34 of CritterCast. The wacky, weird, and wonderful podcast about wacky weird and wonderful animals that's right for sure i am karina i'm cassie and we are your co-hosts of this most informational and also hilarious podcast yes and just a heads up if you're a new listener a welcome thank you We're, we are very happy to have you here howdy howdy uh <laughs> <laughs> perhaps if you have children and you're thinking about listening to this podcast with your children just take a listen through by yourself first make sure that you're comfortable with sharing our material with your children because we do talk about some of the more adult themes of animal life and yeah sometimes animal life gets a little bit messy yeah um it does it gets a little bit messy it gets a little bit adult but you know that that's just just double check that you're yep. okay with it. Yeah, we're all we're all about being open and right. educational. It's all true facts. All true facts. All, all true the facts, time. All real stuff. Except the things we make up. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we decided to delve back into our reptile roots because yeah. again we just went to a reptile expo and we're really feeling all the reptile love. And we have a particular reptile that we're feeling very extra extra interested in right now. Right. Obviously, ball pythons are yeah. one of the top reptile, arguably the the most owned pet snake in America for sure. I don't know I about the rest of the world. Corn snake or ball python, right? Like Yeah, I would say so, but I feel like it's got to be ball pythons yeah. cuz like when you go to big chain pet stores, they always have ball pythons. Yeah. They almost never have like specifically corn snakes. They usually true. have some type of colubrid like milk snakes or corn snakes. Right. Um but like it's not the same where you go and without a doubt you can find yourself a ball python. True. I mean, I don't recommend going to a pet store for your ball python, but Accurate. we know they exist. And when you go to like a reptile show, it's heavy on the ball python. Breeders. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Heavy. Well, I think part of the interest of ball pythons is that there's so many different morphs. Yeah. I mean, there's different morphs of corn snakes too, of course, yeah. but there's just... It's just, they're also just like a very famous snake in general. Yeah. When people think of snakes, they mm -hmm. often will think of like rattlesnakes, cobras, and ball pythons. Yes. Even if you don't know that's what you're thinking of, that's probably one of the things you're thinking of. Right. Because they're just if, so classic and iconic. Exactly. Like if you think of like famous snakes. Yeah. Um, I don't know where your mind goes. Mine automatically goes to Jungle Book for no reason. Ah. Um, and I'm fairly certain that Ka, the snake uh -huh. in Jungle Book, is a ball python. Nice. He doesn't act like a ball python, no. but I'm pretty sure that's what he's supposed to be. That makes sense. Because he's from like a, a jungle in... Is that India? It's supposed to be India. I think that's supposed to be India. Which is not necessarily no. where ball pythons are from. No. It just feels like he's kind of ball python-y. Well, I'm not sure how... Accurate. <laughs> scientifically accurate Disney wanted to be Fair. with that particular... Fair. <laughs> but he definitely looks and like holds his whole body up more like a ball python. Yeah. Because really, he should be a cobra. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. he should be, but he's not. He's definitely no, not a cobra. No, uh uh-uh. Either Never way, hoods. they are an incredibly famous pet. Yes. And when we were looking into getting our first snake, we yeah. had a really hard time deciding between a ball python or a yep. corn snake. Um, and we did decide to go with the corn snake because they were just. Our research showed that they were a little bit more foolproof about eating. Yeah, that they were um, better about handling. Which I don't know that I agree with that now. Have knowing more about both snakes, it depends different on handling. Yeah, it depends on yeah. what you're looking for. Which for us, we were looking for a more active yes. snake. So we were very, very happy with our corn snake choice. And you oh, guys yes. have listened to our, I'm sure you've listened to our corn snake episode. It's one of our most popular episodes. One of our favorite And episodes. so we know we've got a lot of snake lovers on this podcast. Because yeah. we did corn snakes and we did Kenyan sand boas. And they're two of our most popular episodes. Yep. So today we're doing ball pythons. And we Yay. hope that you guys love and enjoy them as much as we are dying to get one. That's, this is... Um, Full full disclosure: This is absolutely a self indulgent episode. Yeah, oh yeah, we didn't. Do, this isn't for you guys. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We, we hope you enjoy it, but this yeah, is for us. Yeah, we just are a little bit obsessed. We have been obsessed with ball pythons for a while, but they keep finding us. I. It's true. They we just keep, keep popping up everywhere. Into like really sweet. You ones. know, we follow reptile rescues. We follow herpetological societies, shelters. Yeah. We go to reptile stores. We go to reptile expos. I mean, we were at this reptile expo and there was just ball pythons everywhere yeah. and we wanted them so bad. Oh my gosh. But luckily we were so busy. We were so meeting good. Amazing people and, yeah. um, and helping teach people about reptiles and having them meet our reptiles that we didn't have time to right. wander away and get a ball python. It, was, it worked out really nicely, I suppose, if that's what you're looking because for. Because if we are going to get a ball python, like then we need to have it set up and ready to go and know what we're doing and yeah. know what we're looking for. We do not want to impulse buy. No, absolutely not. Even though the one time we impulse bought, it was it like the best perfect. decision of our lives. It was so good. <laughs> we're referring, of course, to our Kenyan sand boa. Well, to Karina's Kenyan sand boa. Thank you very much. You're welcome. My baby Ichabod. Ichabod. My boo, who was very popular at the expo. Yeah, I think we're just going to have to give you guys kind of a full rundown of the expo and like great things that we heard and said um, at the end after yeah. we go through. We'll do it at the end. Yeah. Um, but for now, why don't we just slither on in ah. to those ball python facts? The random dad in the room says, good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, I think it's particularly amusing to talk about the family that ball pythons are a part of. They're part of the boy day family. Boy day? Boy day. Because they're cute little boys and big boys and snoot. Pop and boys, boys and thick boys. Always and the thick boys. boys. <laughs> um, they are part of the python genus and their species name is Regius, which makes sense because another name for ball pythons is royal, royal python. Right. Mm-hmm. Royal pythons in places other than the United States. Right. <laughs> we almost never call them royal pythons here. Nope. Because that's just not what we do. Right. But they are called Royal pythons. An interesting fact, we just recently were, um, you know, going over some of the old videos that we had watched from um, Emily over at Snake Discovery. Her, Check it out. It's her an awesome amazing YouTube, YouTube channel. Super educational so and fun. Um, is that they are called royal pythons a lot of times in Europe because uh, people used to wear them as necklaces. I would totally do that. I would assume, though, that they weren't wearing the live animals as I would necklaces. assume they were absolutely wearing the live animals. I mean, you know, it's possible. They yeah. are that chill. But I yeah. feel like probably they no, weren't. They were sadly. 100% wearing. I, I refuse to believe anything else. Okay. 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 All right. This is my happy spot. You cannot take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the reason that we call them ball pythons mm-hmm. is because as a defense mechanism, if they're scared, if you're poking at them, which like don't because rude, yeah, they will curl up into a ball and put their head in the middle and curl around their head to protect their head. Ah, yes, the ball. The, the ball. ball of the ball python. Yes. I used to think it was the because of their ball. pattern, but then I was like, yeah. it's not super ball, Mm-mm. you know? I mean, they do have kind of like... It's more like splots. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. more splotty. At least, yeah. you know, the, the classic coloring, mm-hmm. um, which I think is absolutely stunning. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. So that classic coloring is kind of mostly like brownish or tan the top of the head is characteristically a really dark like velvety brown Mm -hmm. oh so beautiful they have yellowish stripes on each side of their face from the nostrils through to the eyes Mm -hmm. and then then wrapping around to the back of the head yeah the base color will vary a little bit even in normal species um but it might be or morph sorry it might be brown tan or reddish with about 15 to 25 yellow edged tan or medium brown splotches yeah. of color um, that run down the length of their body. Yeah. And then the underside is going to be a very pretty ivory white. Right, right. Because um, like most snakes, the mm-hmm. underbelly is one solid lighter color. Yes. Um, the only snakes in which that is different. Well, there are other snakes, but most commonly we think of corn snakes who yeah. have their blotchy pattern on their on their underbelly. Yeah. But yeah, I think that in all morphs, which we, we mentioned, but yes, there are extensive, extensive yeah. morphs of um, ball pythons, just like dozens and dozens of different morphs and right. all kinds of variations of each morph. I think they're all stunning. I do love that classic normal wild type. I think it's gorgeous. So pretty. You can get one that's like basically a wild type, but lighter or darker. Mm-hmm. They come in like a chocolatey uh, morph, which I think is gorgeous. Beautiful. Uh, of course, I, I have to put a shout out for my other most notable morph. Like if I wasn't going to get just a normal or uh-huh. if I wasn't going to be choosy based on, uh-huh. if I was going to pick up a, a ball python for the morph, it would be a blue-eyed leucistic ball python. Yes. Which is a is also a popular, it's, it's more rare, so it's more right. expensive, but it's popular and well-loved. Stunning. So it's that so would stunning. be an all-white snake with mm-hmm. blue eyes. It's not an albino, though. Right. Um, but they are absolutely They're stunning. They're just gorgeous, and I would name it Falcor. I don't know. I, I don't know what I would name mine. I, but I, I think it would just be absolutely yeah. beautiful. Another morph I really love is the piebald. Yeah, the piebald mm-hmm. is really pretty too, where they are mostly white, and yep. then they'll have blotches of what color they would have been. Yes. So sometimes they'll only have like one little splotch of ah, color, just like a patch. So cute. And sometimes they'll be like half brown with like a white bottom half so all over the place. Super gorgeous. I think banana morphs are pretty common. Yeah. Those are like the all yellow with mm-hmm. like pink blotches instead. Um, yes, that's And they're so pretty. super pretty. There's morphs that will look a little bit like um, like a lavender-colored morph. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just, there's yeah. so many. I will say there's not, there's like no really orange morphs. Right. And that that's kind of why I do love a good corn snake because right. they come in that just stunning orange color. Yes. Uh, and yeah. ball pythons don't, don't. We haven't gotten that far yet, and nor should we try and push. That's not no, a natural color uh, for them. No. Corn snakes naturally come in orange or red, so right. they just fancy like that. Yeah, if you want an orange or red snake. Yeah, get hey, a corn snake. There you go. <laughs> but Perfect. a ball python, you can get like an outrageous number of colors yeah. or patterns, and they are 
all beautiful and they are varying in price because yeah it's very common to have morphs so and a lot of snakes you'll see like look like normal but they have recessive genes that they're just not expressing yeah Uh, but they can still be pretty cheap too because they look normal right so you're like oh whatever right and a lot of a lot of the morphs are also like slight variations on the the pattern dispersal so if you're just kind of looking at him and you're you're not super into what the different morphs are like a mojave yeah looks or a, a pinstripe li- right yeah. looks a lot like a normal but then the the differences in like the patterning itself yeah. not so much or just the like colors. the bolder stripes around mm-hmm. the patches yeah but yeah honestly and if you're like us and it's not that important to you like yeah and you're not, you don't have any intentions to breed, then you could just look and see that one's pretty. I like that one. Yeah, absolutely. And that one looks like it's got a nice personality. Yep. And here we go. And honestly, I I just really love the normal types because I do. They're so, so beautiful. And the way that they're the way that their scales are structured, they look soft as velvet. I like to be able to appreciate like what nature has done. You know, nature has done a really good job on ball pythons. They're absolutely stunning. Yeah, good and work, so nature. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of appreciating the normal uh, color type. Yeah. But I love them. Yes. Where are we going next based right. on your notes? Well, let's talk about their basic characteristics. Basic characteristics. Absolutely. So like size. Mm-hmm. Average size. Yeah, what it's do you think? like it's usually four to six feet. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. And they're they are um, they do have some sexual dimorphism, so mm-hmm. you will get slight differences based on whether or not you're getting a male or a female. The females, right. of course, are going to be a little bit bigger. Right. Um, the males will average between three to five feet, and yeah. the females will be between four to seven. Right. Right. So that they're they're pretty similar in length to a corn snake. Yeah. Um, and like that's why caging wise, they mm-hmm. they need pretty similar sizes. Yeah. But seven they is are, like an absolute maximum top. Yeah. Top and there's range. plenty of ball pythons that never no. get to that seven feet. Mm-mm. And especially if you get a male, you may just end up with like a little three foot snake and yeah. that's even shorter actually than your average corn yeah. snake um but they thick yeah <laughs> so yes. like a colubrid like a corn snake is going to mm-hmm. be a longer kind of more spindly snake yeah and those ball pythons because they are pythons will be fat yes they won't be fat all around like a kenyan sand boa right um uh, but they'll be like real thick in the middle yep. and pretty thick on the head yeah. and tail still yeah and that's something that if you're looking for um a pet for a family yeah that's going to be kind of handy if you have children that you're not quite sure like you don't want to give them something small that they can like accidentally squeeze a little too hard of course you always want to supervise your children right and like we should always be gentle especially with reptiles where they don't have the same body that we have they have different physiology and it's hard for us to think about how fragile they can be because they are so different from us totally um but but just having that larger structure it's a lot nicer, yeah. you know, than, you know, a little leopard gecko that they like one Just squeeze and it's all baby. over, you know? Ooh, ooh. Uh, yeah. Ah. They're, they're pretty hardy snakes. Yeah. Good size, but not an overwhelming size. No, So no. they're, they are one of the smaller python species. They are actually the smallest python species. Ah, see that's, I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to make that yep. claim, but yes. I'm glad to know I was thinking you were the correct. right. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause other pop, like other well-known python species are like burmese pythons yep. and reticulated pythons yep. and carpet pythons yep. all and get tree bigger. python but 
that's why they're wonderful. Those are basic, like they're size wise. How about lifespan? Oh my God. Notes on lifespan. This blew my mind. Yes. Lifespan. Yeah. Okay. So I was assuming it would be kind of like a corn snake. Yeah. You know, 15, 20, 15 to 25. Nah, bruh. These are like what? 40 year snakes? Yeah. yeah sometimes more. So, um, and of course, in the wild, it's different. So in right. the wild, they average between 10 to 15, which is, which is still, still insane. That's extensive for an animal living out in the wild with right? all the predators and all yeah. the people that hurt ball pythons. And ball know? pythons do not have a ton of natural defenses. No. Yeah. They, they're kind of, they're more like possums and they're like, yeah. just freeze and yes. hide. <laughs> Don't attack me, please. You they know? have excellent camouflage. They're non-venomous. Yeah. So they can't, like, they yeah. constrict, but you'd, they'd have to really, yeah. you know, anything to too big for them Mm-mm. it's all over yep yeah so they they still managed to do very well in the wild so that's Bravo. great they've Good got job. great camouflage yeah <laughs> but in um in captivity you're looking at 20 to 30 years and like minimum minimum yes and yeah. the um the longest lifespans that have been recorded have made it up to like 47 years yeah if you take good that's care amazing. of your reptiles in general you're gonna get like yeah a solid two decades out of any of them yes. but more for a lot of the bigger snakes yeah too. yeah which i think this is a really good reminder that um Ball pythons are absolutely one of the most uh, available animals in rescue yeah. for, for as, reptiles. Yeah, as far as reptiles go, yeah. you'll see so many ball pythons. Yeah. And even if you're seeing like a 10 or a 13-year-old ball python available at your local yeah. herp society. It's not like when you think of a dog or a cat right. that you're like, oh, I'm getting two, maybe five years max with this animal. No, no you're like not even to the halfway point of no, that No, you're still life. getting the majority of that lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like if you are young and you don't really know where your life's going, mm-hmm. maybe best to find a rescue ball python. Or if you're older <laughs> and you worry <laughs> and you're a little afraid what might happen yeah. to my ball python if I die before it does. Yeah. Maybe look into the rescues. Yeah. 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 You'll see like I, I see a pretty good number of rescue corn snakes, too, because, again, sure. they, they can live pretty long. Um but definitely overwhelmingly it's yeah. it's ball pythons that show up it, even in shelters that don't usually have reptiles right. they're like i don't know what we do with this it's clearly a pet like right right and uh it's it's sad to me that we have like Agreed. ones that are being abandoned and that that's starting to be an issue because yeah. there're still so many being produced yep um which is why probably when uh, um Dun, 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 dun. When we do decide to get a ball python, yeah. we're probably going to go the rescue route. Yeah. It's hard not to just buy every baby you see. They're so cute. Because, you know, we we go reptile to reptile stores right. to shop for supplies for our reptiles. And, mm-hmm. like, they always have the cutest ball pythons. But we know we don't want to buy a ball python from a store. No. Unless it's a store that, like has, GX3, that breeds their own. That, yeah. like, breeds their own or or sources from, like, friends that breed. Right. That kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. we would never buy one from, like, Petco. Or, I would never buy any no. animal from a chain pet store because no, just, they almost always are going to be getting them from non-reputable yeah. total mill breeders. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I don't want an unhealthy animal. Nope. Like, aside from any other, like, moral Right? I just don't want a sick no, animal. No, we don't want to have mites. We don't want to have any of those problems. I don't want to have an animal that's dying on me a week no. later. Like, no, no, thank you. It's sad enough when it happens with our fishies. Oh, God, those fish. They kill me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's why I'm just not a fish person, man. They just drop dead. Look, we, we've got a good amicable Two out of six. Okay, two out of right six now. we've got. Wait, two out of seven if you count the beta. 
damn yeah it's a lot of dead fish and you like, know we just might not be the best at keeping fish fish aren't our thing that's why we <laughs> stick with the reptiles they're a lot more forgiving they are speaking of which yeah but ball pythons are hardy yeah they are they're very hardy they're um they can live up to a year without eating Shit, which man sometimes they have to because they can be kind of picky eaters. Yeah, sometimes. And mm-hmm. even in the wild, like if there just isn't food available right. or if it's really cold or right. if they're trying to hide from predators. Yeah, yeah, they, they can have go to be able to go a... for a long time exactly. with no food. Yep. And they are, of course, rodent eaters. Yes. So they're going to be eating, um, if they're in the wild, they eat gerboas, rats, and gerbils. Yeah. Uh, if you have them in your home domestically, you'd probably be feeding them mice when they're smaller and then rats when they're bigger. Yep. Yeah. Easy. Again, like yep. uh, most pet snakes all but save, but like one or two species. Right. Um, mice and rats and you can feed frozen thawed. Yep. We will say one of the reasons we decided to get a corn snake instead of a ball python originally as our first snake yeah. was because you hear a lot of horror stories yep. of ball pythons being picky and not wanting frozen thawed. Right. And only wanting to eat live. Yep. And, and we're not all about that. Not going to do it. No. For sure. So when we do get a ball python, we'll just make sure to get one that has solidly been eating frozen thawed yes. for quite a while. And I recommend that that's a question that you ask if you're interested in getting a bald python yeah. ask that of the breeder or of the rescue that you get it from too yeah our corn snake we were able to switch over he was being fed live yeah. and we were able to switch him over no They're problem way less picky though yeah but i wouldn't i wouldn't trust myself as a new bald python owner right. to make that switch so definitely yeah. that's one of the questions to ask if yep. you're looking at a ball python yep. is how is this ball python's appetite yep and can it or will it eat frozen thawed? You know, if you yeah. have made a choice, you've done your research and you're okay with feeding live, then power to you. Right. Um, it's not our thing. No, thank you. <laughs> not going to do it. No. Nope. Well, also, aside from just how I would like hate it and how it can be a danger to your snake, having live mice or rats in our house when we have three cats. Oh, it would be a nightmare. <laughs> also, we just, we have a pretty busy life. Yeah. And so going out every week to get feeders would be... Yeah. And I'm certainly not Difficult. keeping them. No, so no, no, having frozen ones because just if in we the freezer, kept it, it would get a name and it would be a pet, and it would. Not I know. I love pet rats. Work. I think they're wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, not gonna happen. Frozen thawed for us. Yes. Uh, so that's one one downside. Yeah. But it's for you know if you're already in like looking into snakes, right. it's really not that big of a downside. And honestly, that is basically the only downside for ball pythons yeah. is just that they can be picky eaters sometimes. Mm-hmm. They have great temperaments. They're um, known to be really docile, inviting, handling very well. I mean, of course, you're going to have differences depending on individuals. Right. But in general. And how well they were handled as babies. Yeah. But yeah, but they're slow moving. So even when yes. they're at their most active, right. it's a heck of a lot easier to wrangle a ball yeah. python mm-hmm. than a super active corn snake that wants to get out. Right. And they, <laughs> they rarely bite. They rarely strike, mm-hmm. even if they're not used to a ton of handling. Yeah. So most that, of the time, again, they're just going to curl up and yeah, freeze. Exactly. And then you can just hold a ball. Yep. Of snake. Yep. Hopefully they calm down and settle in with you and they're not scared. Yes. But if they are, they're just going to ball up yep. and then you're just going to have a ball. That's right. Of snake. Exactly. Which is lovely. It's adorable. Yeah. Um, I personally love, like temperament wise, I love that yeah. they have those really strong neck and upper yeah. body muscles. So they will kind of do that, like that periscope thing. Yeah. Um, pretty often where they're just like 
half their body will be on the ground and then just like their neck and their whole right. head will be up at the top. Absolutely. And like our colubrids don't have the same strength. Uh-uh. Their heads don't attach to their body quite the same way. I mean, it, physically they do attach to their body the same way, but they don't like they don't periscope. pick their bodies up and have their heads just yeah. kind of there yeah. the same it's way. Adorable. Um, and I think it's so cute. So cute. And if they've been handled well and taught, they, mm-hmm. they won't be super head shy and they've got larger heads. Perfect for putting hats on. Little tiny hats. <laughs> Please don't torture your reptiles with clothing. No, um, same with your dogs and cats too. If, yes. you, if it stresses your animals out, it's not worth the picture. Accurate. It's not worth a cute moment. However, if you have a really confident, relaxed animal and you want to pop a hat on for a cute little Instagram snap, do it. Do it for the gram, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but only not at the, not at the cost right. of your animals. Do it ethically for the gram. Emotional <laughs> health. Do it responsibly. That's so why as much gram. as I love to dress up my dogs, one of them does not wear clothes and the other one occasionally wears clothes. Yep. Because one of them, it's just the worst part of his life. On the other hand, your cat loves, loves to wear clothes. clothes. Loves them. Yeah. Put that dinosaur costume on him yep. anytime. He's yep. like, Rah, I'm a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. We got to get him for Halloween a brand, brand the broken costume. <laughs> we'll just get him a cape, like yes. a, you know, a big, a big furry shawl. Yep. Yeah. And then he will, and Perfect. we'll catch a picture of him just sitting there staring at nothing. Yeah. He's, this yes. is Bran, the three-eyed raven. Wonderful. I love it. So let's talk a little bit more about where they come from. Yeah. So we were talking earlier about how it's not accurate. It's not India. That they sure. come from India. Right, exactly. No. no, they come from Central and West Africa. Yeah, so that makes sense to me. Totally. Their normal yeah. habitat then is going to be dry forest savanna, thorn scrub. Right. So not, they're not really tropical animals. No, yeah. For, when you look at them, I guess you could probably see like maybe they seem like they could be tropical yeah. animals, but they're not. They nope. do like to live in termite mounds. Yeah. Um, so those can be a little bit more humid than your average African savanna. Right. But in general, it's not like they're it's not like they're there all the time. Mm-hmm. And in general, their their humidity is pretty mild. Right. And the air that the it's not like the driest humidity them. ever. Yeah. But like it's but definitely that makes it easier to keep them as well. Oh, so easy. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about a ball python setup is that it's going to be pretty much the same setup you have for most captive snakes. Mm-hmm. Like. Yep. Easy. You need something that's loose for a little bit of burrowing, but they're not a burrowing species. So like aspen shavings, cedar mulch. Easiest, cheapest, easiest, cheapest. cheapest. <laughs> easiest, cheapest bedding for them is aspen. It yeah. works just fine. It, it won't be super high humidity for them. You can do a cedar mulch, but you have to watch that it's a dry cedar mulch yeah. and not like it's not wet. Right. Um, because again, if it's too wet for them, they can start to get scale rot. They can start to have Ooh. respiratory issues. It's pretty common for ball pythons to have respiratory issues right. because people accidentally have their humidity too high. Yeah. Um, and you don't want that for them. So Aspen is a really good way to go. You could do like paper shreds. Um, you oh. can keep them on like you can keep them on like plain newspaper or uh-huh. paper towel. But the issue with that is every time they go to the bathroom, you have to take out the whole thing and put right. new stuff down. And they do like to burrow sometimes, right? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, they want to have, they want to like nestle down in there. Yeah. They're not going to burrow their whole body. Yeah. It's not going to be like with a, with a Kenyan Sambo or a hog nose where right. their, their whole body's going to be under. But just like with Corny, they're going to want to like have part of their body yeah. know, to feel safe and, um, and hidden and enclosed. Yeah. They're going to want to be partly burrowed. Makes sense. Um, but for like quarantine purposes, it won't be too stressful for them, you know, to be on a solid substrate right. for a little bit. Right. Um, but Aspen is, I, I would say, best choice. It's the cheapest of all of the 
of yeah. all the loose substrates. Because I buy um, cedar mulch for our blue tongue skink because they need right. a little bit more humidity. And it is so expensive. Oh, it's like yeah. $25 a bag. Yeah. And you can get Aspen usually for like $10 a bag. That's Of like the same, cheaper. a similar size bag. Yeah. Partly because it's not as dense and like you, it's very light. So yeah. you don't need to have as much um, in yeah. there to cover, you know. Right, right, because it just kind of floofs out a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they are, they're mostly terrestrial, so you don't have to worry about having a lot of climbs in there for them. They don't, in the natural, in their native environments, they don't climb up onto trees very much. Right, right. They're nocturnal. They hunt for food at night, so you don't need to, they're, they're not baskers, nope. generally. No. Nope. You don't need to have um, specialized overhead lighting, um, UFB or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to worry about it. There's all kinds of arguments that... UVB is beneficial for like all species because Mm -hmm. UVB is a type of ray that is emitted by our regular sun. So like any animal that's out in the sun, including humans, um, can benefit from them. But because they're nocturnal, they're not usually out in the sun. Yeah. Now there is a little bit of UVB that you get at night because the sun is reflecting off the moon, you know. Yeah. Exactly. But it's not significant. And And I would assume that for the most part, if you're keeping them in a standard room. Yeah. They're getting a little bit of sunlight through the window anyway. So it's, you know, unless you're keeping them in a room where it's only artificial lighting, which some people do. Some people have reptile rooms that don't necessarily have natural lighting in them. Some people do closets um, because they want to be able to control the day night cycle. Um, I would never do it because I want mine on display. I want people to see them. I want to be able to see them. Yeah. Uh, And it's also an easy, cheap way to have a day night cycle that just mimics the natural world is just by having it like you don't want them in direct sunlight obviously but having it come into the room yeah um is fine so they don't they don't need uvb they don't need overhead lighting they actually do best with under tank heating yep because as with most species that are not from north america and even some species that are from north america they need things a little warmer than just ambient temperature yeah because for snakes since well, for all reptiles, since they can't produce heat from their food, but they still need heat to right. digest their food, right. we have to provide them with something. Yeah. Um, so these guys do best with uh, a hot, a hottest spot on one side of about 90 degrees Fahrenheit, yep. which yep. is like 36, 38 degrees Celsius. Sure. I think I see that comparison a lot because okay. 90 degrees is a pretty popular hot spot for yeah. a lot of reptile species. Yeah. And then you just have that on one side and it naturally will get cooler to the other side of right. the tank because as with all ectothermic critters they need to have a gradient right so where they, they can, can be exactly as hot or as cold as they choose to be sure sometimes i feel like they don't use that gradient very well yeah. i often find cornelius in the cold side of his tank when i'm like are you not you're cold? kind of cold like <laughs> what are you doing he's my like, friend it's fine this is what i want and i'm like okay is it He's got the option to be more warm. He does. So there you go. You know what? We don't always make the best choices for ourselves. Yeah. But <laughs> there you go. So an under tank heater, as always, you want to regulate it with a thermostat so that it doesn't get too hot. Yeah. Because they can get up to like 120 degrees, just like your standard plug-in right. heat mat. Um, and that's too hot. Yeah. So you yeah. just want to have it attached to a thermostat that makes sure it turns off before it gets to that point regulates the temperature for you yeah and if you have a thermostat the nice thing is you don't need to have a thermometer in there because your thermostat knows how hot it is that's great you might want to have just like an easy thermometer on the other side to make sure that your cold side isn't too cold for some reason right um but 
It's easy. You don't really need to monitor humidity with them because they're a moderate humidity. Right. So you don't need to worry about having like a hydrometer in there. Yeah. Less wires for you to try and figure out where they go. Right. Right. Um, You can do lighting just like standard LED lighting if you want to encourage the day night cycle. Yeah. Yeah. You're not really going to see them too much because they're going to hide during the day. Yeah. You're going to see them at night. Yep. Or when you take them out. Yep. Which is fine. And that's something interesting about them is that when they're out in the wild, they can hunt even on the darkest of nights due to adaptations such as heat sensing pits that are located in the scales um, that wrap around their mouths. Yeah. The and holes in their face. Yeah. Those are heat sensors. I think they sense lots of things. Yeah. But, they but do. for they're sure, like, like temperature. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, you know, they have a nose too yes. that like is just for smells. Yeah. Um, they don't have external ears. No Mm-mm. snakes do because nope. they burrow too much and who wants junk getting all in their ears? Not me. Um, but yeah, then they have, I, I think all snakes have sensory pits, but it's so pronounced on ball pythons. Yeah. It's what makes their faces so yeah. cute. And on most pythons too, but I feel like yeah. they're extra big on ball pythons. Yeah. Yeah. And Just like it's like a little weird, but it's super cute. It's so cute. The, um, the aliens in I am number four. <laughs> remind me of snakes because I think they have sensory pits like oh. all along this. They look more like gills, oh. but I'm pretty sure they're like sensory That's pits. That's a pretty clever. It's gross actually. Oh, okay. well in the, in that it's particularly gross cause they like, they cover them up to like blend in and then Ooh, you like, weird. they go back in the car and they like peel them off Ew. and you're like, holes in the face, holes in the face. Yeah. It's way cuter on a yeah. ball python. Yeah. Much cuter. Gotta love those sensory pits. Oof. Yikes. That went scary oh my goodness yeah but they're so cute they're so cute i just like i just love it i think if you're gonna try and get people who are maybe wary of snakes yeah to like look at a snake and be like that's so cute you either need a kenyan samboa yep or a ball python yep those are the two like in my opinion with a hat cutest of ball snakes python with a hat for people that necessarily aren't snake people yeah um mm-hmm. so cute though adorable and so another thing that's awesome about keeping them is that they don't need giant enclosures Mm -mm. they don't get that big so Mm -mm. they don't need very big enclosures yeah and you can keep them in either glass tanks Mm -hmm. or you can keep them in plastic tubs yeah because they're not arboreal yeah they don't need to climb yeah you still want something that's got like a little bit of height so that they can stretch up and move their muscles as much as they need so the one thing we will say like small enclosure comparatively to many other snake species but just because they spend a lot of their time coiled up and balled up right does not mean that they only need something big enough to coil and ball up in your snake should still be able to fully stretch out in their enclosure across the diagonal at minimum Mm -hmm. um or across like the two sides yeah really at minimum um the more space you can offer for an adult usually the better right babies not necessarily right you know they can get overwhelmed with too much space it all depends though you can still get your baby like a larger enclosure and just make sure that you have enough stuff in there yeah. that they have plenty of security yeah that you does, it doesn't need to be overcrowded right they want space to move still but you have plenty of hides a little bit of substrate some leaves for them to burrow in yeah so that they never have to feel like they're just totally exposed yeah yeah for that reason and because ball pythons are a little bit more sensitive of a snake they're nocturnal and they're just they're gentle 
gentle animals. They're gentle souls. Okay. Um, some people, is snake discovery is one yeah. of them. And a couple other um, popular reptile educators um, will argue that for this species in particular, tubs or racks may be a better fit for them just because it's usually opaque. You can't yeah. see through them. They've got, they have a lot of sense of security. Yeah. But if you're going to do a glass terrarium because you want it to look nice, it matches right. all your other ones. That's totally, totally fine for them. Just make as, sure you have those hides. As long as it's nice and secure for yeah. them. Um, they will do just fine. I would always recommend like most of those glass terrariums. Um, well, if you're getting just like a standard one that you would open from the top, you'll want to cover at least three sides. Yeah. A lot of the ones that like the exoterras and the zillas come with a background uh-huh. so that one side's covered, but you still probably are going to want to cover the other two sides. Right. Uh, you could get a PVC or a wooden enclosure yeah. that opens from the front with like the sliding glass doors. And then you'll have three sides already covered, easy and good to go, um, which is nice. That's kind of the setup we have for a, a chunk of our animals, yeah. really. Yeah. And it works well for them. Yeah. And that's a nice, these are animals that, you know, they're going to be with you for a really long time. Yeah. And so it's nice that their setup is one that's going to be quite portable relatively yeah depending on what you get i honestly like trying to eventually make the switch to all pvc enclosures for mine because right now i have glass and i have melamine which is you know wooden particle board thick and heavy thick and heavy glass is heavy so heavy the wood is heavier so heavy pvc is holds humidity well conducts heat well and is so lightweight yes it is a little more expensive because these are really long lasting enclosures so i'm just saving up Trying to figure out the best way to put all of my reptiles in these, you know, pretty ones. Maybe I'll build them one day. I don't know. We'll see. But for now, you know, it's what we have. Um, When we say small enclosure too, I realize we didn't say the size wise. Usually 40 gallon breeders is like a standard size for an adult ball python. And the reason that a 40 gallon breeder might be different than a 40 gallon tank is the floor space. So usually it's going to be longer Uh and shorter than because when we're talking about gallon sizes, we're thinking about fish tanks. Right. So a 40 gallon tank could also be super tall and not have any floor space. It's just all about the volume. Right. right? Just like a fully in the tank. But a 40 gallon breeder, most people know are being used for um, reptiles and they just generally have a longer footprint so more floor space which is more important for snakes yeah as as we said they're not arboreal so you need more of that floor space less climbing space yeah they might use it a little bit but they're not gonna they're not gonna use it yeah so i mean you don't want you don't want like a flat thing right because they're bigger snakes right and they need to again be able to move around yeah but something that's you know 12 to 18 inches tall is going to be just fine for them. Oh, yeah. 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 Probably like an exoteria. Low is low. fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could just get a... So the, the exoteria is the lows are 12 inches tall mm-hmm. and then the standard are 18 inches tall. Oh. Okay. Um, and like so 18 either. is okay too. But yeah. if you want something smaller because you have like a, a shelf system or a rack system um, or you just want smaller, 12 inches is going to be fine for them. Nice. And I think that the... Um, the medium low exoteras uh-huh. are, um, are f- no, I think they're equivalent to like a 20 gallon. That's what I thought. The large lows, which yeah. are 36 inches long and 18 inches deep are close to a 40 gallon yeah. breeder size. So that would be what you would want for your adult ball python. You could get a medium for your juvenile. For your baby, yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to be able to 
upgrade later on because like most snakes they eat once a week right they grow and metabolize slow so it's not like with a bearded dragon where you get a teeny tiny baby that's the size of your finger and you know within six months right it's massive right it's a snake so it's going to take a a couple years years to get to its full grown size so if you get a baby baby right i don't think you'll be wasting your money to get a smaller enclosure Uh -uh. especially not if you later use that enclosure for a A leopard gecko Or a Kenyan sand boa. Or you could always like start with a plastic tub and then once they hit their full grown size, upgrade to something that's more expensive and more permanent. Because you never know. If you get a baby, you don't know what size it's going to be full grown. So true. So you may be like, "Mm, don't want to invest a bunch of money in a glass terrarium or a wooden terrarium. Until you know for sure. Yeah. Well, and the the cool thing about young bald pythons is that they'll grow about a foot in length for their first three years. So like we were saying, really gradual growth. Yeah. Yeah. That's then, that's nice that they that we have that data yeah. because a lot of other snakes people are like so when will my snake be full size and everyone's like Meh, who knows I mean part of that too though is that you can force feed them to make them get bigger yeah or not force feed them but like accelerate power their, feed them yeah basically you can feed them double what you would or you know twice as often as you would yeah. in order to try and encourage more growth but I don't necessarily think that's ethical no it's not healthy for your snake nope. to to eat at an accelerated rate. That's not how they would eat in the wild. Um, some lesser ethical breeders will do that in order to get their snakes to breeding size yep. faster. Yeah. Um, don't do it. No. There's no reason for you to do that. Not Enjoy your snake as a baby. Not okay. It's killing me to have our snakes be like such little babes. I know. But... It's fine. Oh my gosh. We love so them. Precious. They're, they're just so small still. They're so tiny. We need Corny's a bigger one. Corny's got like some significant length on him. He does. But he is a babe. Like he still a little. has a tiny, tiny little head. It's the head. It's yep. so, Well, you know, that is going to be the slowest growing part of them. Yes. Because it can only grow so much between right. sheds. Yeah. You've got a, a lot of actual bone in there mm-hmm. to, to That grow. has to grow. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just like their muscles yeah. thickening out, you know? Yep. Yep. What a boy. Uh, so ball pythons will reach sexual maturity between, there was, there's some debate about this because again, sexual dimorphism. So right. between about 18 months or three years to five years. Wow. Quite a bit. Yeah. Of course, the males reach sexual maturity earlier. Right. Because they don't get as big as the females. Nor do they need to be as big to exactly. breed. Exactly. Because they just have to do their job and move on. Yep. It's the females that need to then make eggs, fertilize them, and lay them. Yes, Because exactly. they are a oviparous yep. species. Yep, and they will lay 4 to 12 eggs depending on the age and the size of the females. Nice. So that's a fair Could you imagine being eggs. a breeder, though, and, like, only having four? Being, being like, like, wow. Girl. <laughs> but maybe that was your fault for breeding a snake that was too small. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I Throne think shade. larger, larger clutches are more common, which is why we see ball pythons. Yes, everywhere. so much. Yeah, so everywhere, much. everywhere. Um, the the way that they'll keep them warm, the females will wrap their body around the clutch of eggs and raise the nest temperature at four to six degrees through rhythmic movement. So basically, they dance around their babies. Wow, to, to protect them. them, to protect them and keep them warmer. Oh, I know, isn't that precious? So they're a little bit protective. Yeah, That's yeah, sweet. they don't just lay the eggs and move on. Yeah. 
Well, you know, a lot of reptiles will wait until they're hatched and then they're like, okay, bye. Oh, yeah. Do your thing. You're fine. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, the whole point of this, you know, the whole point of laying eggs is to. Species to continue. Exactly. So that's a natural instinct. Yes. Yeah. The mothers will not eat during the incubation period, which may last up to three months. And ladies, self-care is important. That's why you really need to bulk them up if you are a breeder or you're attempting to breed. We never will. So, you know, our There's enough reptiles in the world. You know, so-so. But um, you want to really make sure that your females are at a good size, have been eating well for several weeks before you attempt to breed. Yeah. Because they will just completely go off food. Yeah, absolutely. And don't attempt to breed them every year. They need about two to three years in between. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And don't, don't try to feed them while they're, while they have eggs because they're not going to eat. Nope. Just leave You'll just make them mad. Yeah. So don't do it. Don't stress them out. Yep. Yeah. And you will have less babies. And then as soon as the young pythons are hatched, they're immediately able to hunt for and construct their own prey. Wow. I know. Look at them go. Yeah. Most breeders are like, I want to make sure that they have their first shed. Yeah. And that they're eating well before they sell them. But like, yeah, they're pretty good to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a kitten where you have to be like, okay. Are you going to like, are you alive? Are you going to survive today? Yes. Are you are you going to open your eyes in a couple of weeks here? <laughs> we'll see. Nah, yeah. nah. I love reptiles just being born fully ready to fight. <laughs> they like That's right. They hatch out and they're like, I'm and ready. And they're like, okay, I'm ready to take a light, nice long nap. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> it's like, it's so cute watching baby reptiles hatch. And at first they're kind of like, especially leopard geckos. God, they're so fierce oh when they're gosh. born. They're like, I hate everything. So ah! true. Yeah. And then, and then they're like, oh, you know what? I like this food. Oh, you know what? I like this nice warm place. Oh, you know what? I like to be petted. Yes. <laughs> I will arch my back up into my pets. Only oh, basils. pet my chin. Only basils. Seraphina will totally arch her back up too. Mm, For me. Whatever. <laughs> she just poops on me. I don't She's love it. She's my baby. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Would you like to hear another fact of, of reptile life? <laughs> yes. life? So this is... Um, where we get into that mature audiences only. Okay. Rating. Okay. Here so we go. When they are preparing to uh, copulate, mm-hmm. um, oh, well, let me rewind a little bit because one of the the interesting things about ball pythons is that their um, their evolution is it just kind of stalled out because it got to a really effective evolutionary. They're at the best point. ball python that they can be. Yeah. Um, and so some people refer to them as a primitive snake, which means that they still have anal spurs. Okay. So basically they have vestigial legs. Yeah. 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 Because snakes used to have legs. Yes. Yes. And they don't anymore because they did not need them or use them. I feel like there's a couple different common yes. like beginner snake species that still have totally. anal spurs. Because I'm pretty sure Sambo was do still. They do. Yeah, I've seen it on him. (laughs) Yep. It's very, it's, and it does look different. I mean, they certainly don't look like little legs. No. But it does look different. Like if I look at Cornelius versus Ichabod, you can tell he's got something else going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And same for ball pythons. Yes. And this is the best way to be able to tell the difference between the um, sexes if they're really young still. Yeah. Is the males, they'll they'll both have the anal spurs, but the males will have much more pronounced anal spurs. Right. So when they are beginning to copulate, yes, you know, the guys like to make sure that the ladies are into it first. Well, that's nice. So they will. It's not always true. They will use their anal spurs to uh, 
stimulate the lady to be like, hey, hey, what do you think? So they can actually move those weird little yes. tubs? Yeah. It's like a little massage. Just a little, with like, my random a little, little extra action to my get some tingling going on in her non-existent pa- uh, snake pants. Oh, my goodness. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen... I, I didn't realize that they did anything. Right? I thought they were kind of like pinky toes where yeah. they're there, but they're just kind of useless. Look, I think you could probably... Okay, wow. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> That's too adult for us. Okay. We're not this adult of a podcast. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> well, we, you know, once upon a time, we were like all out. But I think that we're just toning down a little bit yeah. and uh, being fine. a little less, you know, yeah. a little more for... For all the ages, you know, maybe not like teeny kids because what teeny kids listen to podcasts anyway. Right. But, you know, we everybody, all the reptile lovers. Yeah. Listen in. Yeah. Tune in. So uh, we won't get too detailed about what they do. But yeah. But at least, you know what? This is, I I like this so much better than like bearded dragon meeting. (laughs) This is like the first sign of consent we've really seen in any reptiles. I like like, it. You know, we're not, we're not putting our, um advanced emotional life on these reptiles they do not function the same way we function right they don't have the same emotional capacity Mm -hmm. um they certainly still know stressed content you know in danger they have all those basic instincts still but it's not like they're worrying about consent it's just nice for us as humans okay okay, to know that the the females have an opportunity to say i'm not into this yeah Versus in a lot of reptile species, when the males just say, you're into it or I'm, I'm biting you. bite you yeah. and hold you into I'm going to bite you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's also nice because, like, the females aren't biting the heads off the males afterwards either. No, no. So, you know. It's like, yeah. we just all were like, okay, we doing this, we doing this. It's, it's fine. It's and then okay. we done. And then we do our thing. Yeah. Um, as with most reptile species, even though these guys are a pretty docile, tame species, they still need to be housed on their own, yes. not with other snakes. Definitely. You know, breeders will often keep the babies all together for a bit. And yep. then once they get big enough, it's just not worth the risk of them hurting each other. Yeah. Uh, so definitely. they'll still want to be housed in their own tanks, doing their own things. Yeah. You don't want to have them around your other reptiles. Mm-mm. You don't want to have them around your other pets without supervision. You know, if you have your snake out while you're sitting on the couch and your dog's sitting there and your dog's not paying attention to your snake and your snake's not paying attention to your dog and you are watching everything, it'll be just fine. Wow, that was a really specific example, Karina. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what goes on at my house sometimes. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't go that way and it's time for the reptiles to be put away. Yep. Or the dogs. Right. (laughs) Because it's just not safe. Yeah. You know, as as with the same, you know, when you're watching your kids handling them, you just need to be cautious. Most of our well-loved companion animals are predators. Yes. And not that our dogs necessarily are going to naturally go out and find snakes to munch on, but... Hopefully. Well, some some dogs do when they find <sighs> snakes in the backyard. Like, yeah. that's fun. I'm going to kill that. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, and cats absolutely would kill oh, anything sure. if given the opportunity. Yeah, cats are tiny little killers. Yes, we love them, but tiny, 100% little killers. when they sit in front of the reptile tank watching, it's yeah. because they're looking for something to hunt. Yes. So just keep an eye on yep. your pets. Yep. Do you have more factities for us? Or I, we kind of, like, get through it? I mean, that's pretty much it. There's... One interesting extra fact that I found out, which is that several African cultures revere ball pythons as sacred animals. I love that. Right? Power to them. Yeah. They are. They're amazing. Yeah, I agree. And I can really see it too. They look very regal. They act very just like deliberate. They really don't pose any kind of threat to humans. Uh Uh-uh. And they just just keep rodent populations down and mind their own business. Yes. So, yeah. 
I understand where a lot of the fears come from with really large snakes. Yeah. But these snakes are, you know, they might be longer than some people, yeah. but they are not bigger than people. Nope, they're not they going to... literally pose no threat to people nope. in their uh-uh. natural habitat. Oh, wait, I did have one other really interesting fact about yes. teeth. Yes. Yeah, okay, because I was wondering, you know, if they bit you, could they really hurt you? Yeah. So... They do have teeth. They do have teeth. Little tiny teethies. In fact, they have like a hundred teethies. It's the they're these like little spindly. Yeah. Like they almost look like pointy gums. Yes. When you look at them because yep. they're so thin and delicate. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like And they like if, curve backwards into the mouth mm-hmm. to called grab and pull. Curved teeth. Yeah. So they're they're meant to kind of like, yeah, grab the the grab wriggling it rodent and yeah. pull it down into its esophagus. Yeah. That's the type of teeth that most constricting snakes have. But I think they're pretty pronounced on uh, on ball pythons. Like if you yeah. were to really open it up, you'd be able to see them a lot better than on a smaller snake. Yeah. Um, so it could still hurt. Yeah. They can still make you bleed. So don't, you know. Don't pester your snake. Don't poke your finger into your snake's mouth. Yeah. On um, on that note, actually, yeah. it's time for a, a, a little break before we transition into our like Ooh, notes at the are end. Are we going to hear from our uh, friends from our, from our podcast friends? Are doing really cool stuff yes. on other topics. Absolutely, yeah. Um, this was a beautiful transition, actually. Our, our promo swap this week is with another animal-related podcast uh-huh. called When Animals Attack. Ooh, do you like hearing about animal attacks in real life and in movies? Well, you're in luck. I'm Jen. And I'm Nilu, And together, we're When Animals Attack podcast, the podcast for all your animal attack needs. Each episode focuses on a particular animal. First, we swap stories of recent and historical attacks, and then we talk about some relevant movies. Sometimes we also include listener stories. And because we love animals and care about social justice, we like to position all of this within a broader social, cultural, and ecological context. Last but not least, we provide some tips for how to avoid negative encounters with animals so that you can stay safe out there. What are you waiting for? Check out When Animals Attack, available wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, so When Animals Attack with Jen and Nilo, Uh they are fellow animal lovers just like us. We often interact with them on Twitter and Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, and they're awesome, and they've supported us, and they're going to feature our promo at some point soon. Yep. Um, so check them out if you guys are animal lovers, which I, I think you probably are. I would listen hope to ours. You are. This yeah. is probably right up your alley. Yeah, so it's a fun little podcast um, about animals and animal safety mm-hmm. and respecting animals' boundaries and what can happen when you maybe don't. Yeah. So, yeah. And a right. reminder that we're all in this together. Let's make it out as peacefully as we can. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. Uh, their, um, their social media stuff is always really fun because they take a lot of trips to animal-related places and geek out over animals, which I can relate to on Fair. a very deep level. Right? <laughs> like, we used to do that a lot, and things have been busy for us, but, like, over the summer, definitely, oh my I'm going to yes. attempt to make more trips to zoos and do fun stuff. We'll so see. Um, but, yeah, so that that's our Ball Python episode. Yay! And we hope you guys so enjoyed it. Um, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about our trip to the reptile NorCal Reptile Expo and how it went, this is when we're going to talk about it. And if maybe you're like, oh man, I got to rush off, but I really wanted all those ball python facts, come back and listen to it later. This is a good point to pause for you. Yeah. Come back and listen to our wrap-up later if you, if you are interested in that. But this is where the, the ball python facts end. At least 
for the now official ball python fact. oh yeah i mean we'll 100 still be talking about black pythons because and as the we ones said, we saw and the ones we fell in love they with. everywhere my dude oh, everywhere my goodness so we went to this expo and we we put out a vlog it's on our facebook it's on our youtube um you can see it everywhere it's very different from our previous expo vlogs yeah. because our previous expo vlogs were we're walking around let's show you what we saw yeah and this one was we're at our table. Yeah. So we don't have that much footage. <laughs> but yes. here we go. It, and it was a very different type of experience for us because we were we were there with our animals to let people interact with animals. A lot of people come to the reptile expos for different sorts of reasons, right? So people come like breeders will come with a really specific idea in mind of a particular animal that they want to get for a breeding project. Um, people like us will come because they're reptile enthusiasts and they love seeing all the reptiles and they might want to pick one up for just a pet. Yeah. But also people come to just enjoy and yeah. learn more about right. reptiles. Like people like us who walk in and we're like, we love them and we know we really shouldn't take anything home, but we want to get some solid reptile love today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's some people that come because they're like, I saw this and I had no idea what it was. Yeah. What is a reptile show? Right. Or people come because their kids are like, I want to go. And there's a lot of parents that are like, right. uh. Right. But they take them because they're awesome parents and they love their children. Oh my gosh. Those parents are the best parents. I know. There's quite a few of those at mm -hmm. the expo. So we were happy to go and provide education to people that yeah. were looking to pick up a reptile that day. And maybe like they had a kind of an idea in mind of what they wanted, but they weren't 100% sure. Or they'd done a bit of research, but they right. wanted a little more support. Yeah. Or maybe they thought they knew what they wanted and really didn't. Yes. Um, or maybe they just wanted to hold more as many snakes as possible and as many lizards as possible. Me. So we tried to we tried to make that happen and we were pleasantly overwhelmed. I was going to say blown away. Yeah. Yes. Blown away. Yeah. By the response from the people. Yeah, because when when the doors opened, you know, we were kind of in the back corner near the ed, the entertainment stage, which yeah. was actually a great spot to see. Yeah. We saw we saw. Uh, a total of eight performances Ooh, we got of the same two shows. Lemurs, Lisa. We saw lemurs. Yes, oh there. So well, it was one lemur, was but, one lemur but he but was. We great. saw it multiple times. Yes, and the sloth yes. we saw four times, right. and the hedgehog. Oh my gosh! And so the cute. snapping turtle, and mm -hmm. the gator, and lots of venomous snakes that were not my favorite. Yeah, that was. But it's it is part. an important. I think it's an important thing to talk about in the reptile community. Is you know don't be dumb and try to get an illegal venomous reptile. Right. And here's why here are these yes. trained professionals yeah. that are certified educators that have all the training they need to handle these animals safely. And you'll notice they're still not ever touching them. Yeah. They use hooks, they use, you know, bins, they have everything they need yeah. to safely do it. There are also people that are trained in snake, like safe rattlesnake removal right. so that you don't just have a rattlesnake in your backyard. Yes. You don't need to kill it, but it probably shouldn't live there. Right. You know, right. It maybe finding needs a to be relocated place. to it. So that was, that was cool. I didn't love the show just because it had me a little unnerved. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, they were, they were popping balloons. With, yes. Well, with they were the snakes. And yeah, I was, and putting the mic loud. right up to a rattle I did not so like you could hear, hear it. That. Yeah, I did not love that. No. But it's okay. Well, I mean, the, the show well, itself was still great. The first just, time, ooh. I didn't realize that's what it was because we were also right next to people that were doing balloon right. art. And I thought they were just... Because they totally did occasionally accidentally explode yeah. a few of their balloons. And I was like, whoa, yeah. that was a really loud one. But either way, um, yeah, what happened was we were in that back corner and people started walking up and a few people walked up and then 
once the first person came and held, yeah, it was nonstop. Yep, for hours it was amazing. On so we Saturday, took, we took yeah. four animals. Well, we took five animals. Yes, we took four reptiles. Yes, we took um, Icky mm-hmm. Ichabod, the Kenyan sand boa. Mm-hmm. We took Cornelius, our corn snake. We took um, Basil, the leopard gecko, our OG. <coughs> our OG face of our podcast. That's right, our the mascot. Um, and then we took uh, most recent addition, Speed, Speed Racer. Yes, the blue tongue skink. Yes, our blue tongue skinky. And they all were amazing. Absolutely. So I mean, we good. also brought Tinkerbell because you know we we have three dogs, only one of whom is really good at that kind of outreach. Long term. Like they're all friendly and they're chill. all sweet. But like sitting there doing nothing for a day and having a lot of chaos around, Tinkerbell's the only one that would tolerate that. And I was like, I knew she would do fine, but I was extra proud of her. She was because I thought we would be like sitting and like she would hang out with us. But we were standing and handling reptiles and talking to people the The entire entire time. time. And she just like we had a little pop up crate for her, and she was like, "I'm gonna lay in my crate. I'm gonna take a nap. Kids, I'm gonna run up to say hello to them. Yep." Pop myself under the table and people would be like, oh, a dog. Yeah. And she was really great for when when there would be like one particularly, um, you know, uncertain about reptile kids yes. with a group of other kids who were, yeah, yeah, I love reptiles. And we could be like, do you want to pet the snake? No. Yeah. Do you want to pet the lizard? No. Do you want to pet the dog? <gasps> yes. yes. Yeah. Which was, <laughs> which was, I was glad we were able to offer that because yeah. I've always seen like one or two dogs with vendors at shows and usually they're just like hanging back and you're like, yeah. oh, that dog is so cute. I just want to pet and the like, dog. I was more than happy for Tinkerbell to, to offer some, yeah. some fluffy therapy to people that, you know, maybe needed just like a little bit of a break from yeah. the reptiles. Um, but yeah, our snakes were in not in their little temporary bins like at all no they're pretty much in like being held the entire time and they seem to really enjoy it yeah yeah basil like the first day he needed like a two-hour break because yeah, he, he got, got a little well he got a little freaked out yeah uh, i wouldn't even say that it's over like that's a word we use commonly for dogs and cats yeah for him he definitely just got scared i don't yeah. know what scared him but then we just put him away for a little while yep. brought him back out he was fine second day was totally fine yeah. did not get stressed out at all yeah um and speed was kind of in and out just cause he's so big. It's yeah. really hard to like hold him and do any, literally anything else. Right. So he was like in there unless people were holding him, which was still a solid amount of time yeah. because it's a Northern blue tongue skink. How do yeah. you not love him? Yeah. We had so many people that came and just enjoyed talking to us and mm-hmm. learning more about species. And then we had a solid number of people too that met our animals, uh-huh. took a care sheet, and then circle back around saying, this is what I got. And sometimes so those great. were critters that they came looking for anyway. Yep. And we were one of their first stops because they they decided to go that route, come down our row first. Right. Um, and so they just had a little extra info before they made their selection. And that's honestly like yeah. the entire reason we were there. Yeah, because some people came and they're like, I'm thinking about getting this yeah. today. But thank you so much because I, I feel more confident yeah. in my decision. And now I kind of know what I'm looking for. Yeah. And I did. I had done a quick walkthrough. So I could kind of be like, I think in that general area, I saw some yeah. of what you're looking for. Um, and I saw like adults in this area and babies in this area. Yeah. Uh, and then we had a couple, not as many, but a couple people that came in looking for something that we didn't have or didn't have info for or didn't yeah. have personal experience with. Um, but that we 
didn't necessarily recommend. In particular, I had one person that came in seeking an iguana, um, but then looked at my skink and was like, what is that? And I was like, okay, well, they're not going to have him. They're right. not going to have northern blue tongue skinks at this expo. Right. But They're like, much rarer. Uh, you know, you don't have a lizard and you want a lizard to hang out with. Why don't you go check out some of those bearded dragons? Because yes. they have plenty of those here. And I think that's what you're looking for when you think you want an iguana. Yeah. And sure enough, circle back around yep. with this cute little red baby uh. Bearded dragon, Cute. adorable, and I think they'll be much better off yeah. with their bearded dragon than they would have been with an iguana that they probably were not prepared for. And weren't going to be able to actually like hang out with as much as they will with their mm-hmm. bearded dragon baby. We got a couple people who circled back around with their Kenyan sand boas. I am not surprised at all, but the clear favorite rock star of the show was Ichabod was Ichabod the Kenyan Zamboa yeah Yeah. for anybody that was like I love reptiles but I don't know about snakes he was their starter I mean there was a lot of love for Cornelius too a lot of love but there was less corn snakes at the show than there usually are yeah that was weird I just think uh, I don't think they're breeding yet I think they are later breeders um and so there but there was plenty of baby ball pythons this was kind of like an early yes late from last year yeah mid mid summer to like early fall mid late summer and early fall are really when you're gonna see like the babies Mm -hmm. the majority of babies of like all species yeah so this was like quite a few like leftover from last year a couple of early babies from this year yeah yeah um but yeah the so there was just so much love for them we met quite a few amazing people and i know they all told us their names and i wish i could remember them but if well, you're if you're listening please feel free to reintroduce yes, yourself like say hi to us we on really enjoyed meeting you we had media. a super awesome mom and daughter that um came mm-hmm. and totally fell in love with ichabod and they upgrade they bought a new tank for their crested gecko right. so that they could then get a kenyan sand boa yes. to live in their 10 gallon tank that yeah. they had um for their current crested gecko and we i personally i talked to them a lot and we kind of bonded over the fact that we'd gotten crested geckos under the impression that they were like right great intro lizards and i think they are they are to an extent care for um but that in particular we both ended up with ones that didn't really want to be held yeah um and that wasn't what we were looking for and so now we will both also have kenyan samboas perfect to uh to hold and love perfect and and pour all of our emotions yes that's right um but yeah, you know, we got, I, I caught a couple people on our, on our vlog that had gotten animals and, mm-hmm. and showed them. Um, but there definitely was a lot more people we saw that didn't make it in. Yeah. I just didn't have time to film. Yeah. So if you were there, if you saw us, if you talked to us, if you got If pictures, you snapped a picture, yeah. you know, I only Share saw them. three pictures and Share I know people us. had more pictures than that. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones we saw were really cute. Oh my gosh. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, we had a wonderful time and we do hope that we yeah. find a way to do something like that in the future. Yeah. Um, it, it is pricey and we were so lucky to have a chunk of Patreon donations yes. that helped us pay for oh it. Oh my gosh. We did still pay quite a bit out of pocket for it. Yeah. Um, both of us. So yeah. It just was like you, the supplies that we wanted and we're really happy with the way our booth came out and it looked oh, very professional. So and I, I feel like I don't we regret did it for really a second. good work. Yeah. It was um, really fun. But it was pricey. You know, we wanted to stay in a hotel while we were down there and all the stuff we had to get to make sure our animals were taken care of and ready. Yeah. Um, just added up now we wouldn't have to pay all that like all that one-time stuff again because now we just have that supplies which is really nice um there are a couple shows coming up there is a show in vallejo in july there Mm -hmm. is the san jose reptile show that will be coming up in the summer yep um 
we'll see. I'm also starting a new job soon, so may not be able to get time off to go to right. reptile shows. Right. But we do hope to do it again. So yes. if you met us at the expo and you enjoyed seeing us and you're going to go to another one, let us know which one. We'll try to make sure we're there. Yeah. You know, even if we can't go as um, vendors again to the next few ones, we'll certainly go as visitors because... Love we a love good them. reptile expo. Yeah. And if you're interested in, in supporting our education and outreach mission, yeah. if you enjoy the podcast, there are several ways that you can support our work. Yes. You can um, purchase something from our Red Bu- Bubble merch site. Oh, yeah. We got some cute stuff up we there right now. And we are stuff. in the process of getting even more stuff up yes. there. But for now, we have a lot of stuff with our standard logo. Yep. Um, we have quite a bit of stuff with like... Uh, things that have all of our animals on them, really cute pictures. We've got a couple of a couple of designs that feature some of our favorite species that we've talked about. Yep. Um, we have our Mermity drawing. Yep. We have a little Darwin in a pocket drawing yep. you can get. And you can get it on, like, if you want a shirt, T-shirts, if coffee you want a sweatshirt, mugs, if you want, a, like, a tote I don't know, bags, phone case. like Phone cases. All kinds of stuff. Notebooks. Um, and the really nice thing about Redbubble is that everything is made to order. Yeah. So you make your order. They make it for you. They ship it to you. And then we get, get a little it, like, bit of right profit, away. which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, they've all come sooner than they were supposed to come. Too. Yeah. Like yeah. sooner than expected to arrive. Yeah. Which I has been ordered a, a shirt and it came in in less than a week. Yeah. Was I was great. Yeah. My phone case too. I didn't think it was going to make it in time for the expo and it yeah. did. And I was really happy about it. Yeah. So that's a great way to support us. You can also support us through Patreon. Uh, subscribing to our Patreon. Absolutely. So our Patreon, for those of you that don't know, it's a website that helps creators connect with their um with their most loyal and excited fans and you can choose to make a small monthly donation to us and our our particular tiers range from one to twenty five dollars i think it's one three one two five i think i got rid of i don't know or it might be two three five something like that check it out ten and twenty five um and you get some awesome Thank yous, yeah. bonus stuff, and merch, depending on the peer yeah, the the that you sign up for. But most especially, if you donate yes. at least $3 a month, yeah. you get access to our special Patreon-exclusive <gasps> series of oh. mini-episodes. What? So once a month, we do a shorter episode. It's usually about a half hour, um, focusing on a mythical critter of our choice. That's right. We've delved into mythozoology, my yeah. friends. So we just uploaded our very... We just premiered that series mm-hmm. and we're um our our brand new one by the time you listen to this our brand new one will be up yep about dragons <gasps> yeah and we're not talking bearded dragons or no. komodo dragons we're talking like you Real know winged fire breathing dragons dracaris <laughs> yes. dragon uh so there's quite a bit of discussion in there on how accurate certain Very. fictional dragons are so accurate. and how we should not <laughs> We should not... Well, anyway. You should listen to the episode. You can find it on Patreon. Yeah. It's absolutely wonderful. It's a great episode. Um, That you get charged on the first of the month... So yeah, sh- and it's like it's three bucks. So and you, all that money goes. Directly. If you like mythical critters, I would do it because honestly, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go crazy. They're gonna with be that super one. Fun. We love them, and that money goes directly to helping us continue our outreach education and our podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it it any money we get from our Patreon goes straight yeah. to either paying our hosting fees yep. to be able to upload our episodes or to um 
covering the vendor fees at Reptile Expos and doing outreach. Speaking of which, we talked a little bit about the care sheets that we had. Yes. (coughs) They are now the four that we have in existence and ready to go that we're happy with Uh are now on our website. They are. CritterCastPodcast.com. Yep. Um, So if you have the the sheets we have right now are for corn snakes, Kenyan sand boas, leopard geckos, and... um, what was the fourth one we Crested made? Geckos. Crested geckos. Thank you. Um, those are the four that are on our website. We are in the process of making one for bearded dragons mm-hmm. because we do have a little bit of experience with our foster. Yep. Um, Northern blue tongue skinks because we own one. <gasps> yep. And then we probably will try to make a ball python one. We don't have one currently and we did want to sort of stick to species that we have personal experience with, but I feel like we're pretty knowledgeable. Their care is really similar to a lot of the other ones we have. And we might and have personal experience before too terrible long. Yeah, we'll see, you know? I don't know. I've put that bug happen. in, like, my family's ears. Because, you know, when I first got basil, I was like, yeah. I'm good. I have a, I have a gecko. Yeah. I have all my mammals. I'm set. And everyone was like, oh, good. And then I was like, mm, actually, guys, I got a snake. And they were like oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, JK, I got another snake and another gecko uh-huh. on one day. And uh-huh. then I was like, I'm getting a blue tongue skink. And everyone was like, so... So this is a thing now. Yeah. And so then I was like talking to my mom and I was like, you know, somebody wanted to give me like a ball python for free. I wouldn't say no. And she's like, no. And I was like, what? oh, sweet. She's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, for sure. I think my mom is now far more on board than your family. My, look, my mom very much appreciates your reptiles. Yeah, she doesn't want you to have any. Well, I told her that when you move out, I'm going to move in with them. Oh. Because then I won't have to pay rent. Oh, you're I'll just, just going to have a back long to commute, Oregon? But, you know, whatever. It's fine. Um, and my mom was like, uh-huh, okay, cool, cool. So is Karina keeping your gecko? No, I'm going to keep my gecko. Yeah. And then I'm going to have the entire downstairs of my parents' two-level house to fill with reptiles. I don't think they love that. My mom said it was okay. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Hey, so <laughs> so here, folks, Cassie's will be leaving us to, to Bye, peace. have a whole story of a house for yep. reptiles. That's right. It's going to be amazing. No, oh, my God, no. It's a little um, too humid for most of our reptiles, though. So. Eh, you keep it dry. Keep it dehumidifier. Yeah, I'll have in to the get room. a dehumidifier. That's not that mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be great, and we hope to be able to do that. If you're not interested in making a monthly donation and you don't want to buy anything on Redbubble, you can also just donate to us on PayPal. If yeah. you're feeling like, hey, I Absolutely. got an extra ten bucks and I want to, I want to see them at a Reptile Expo, you can PayPal us at our email, CritterCastPodcast at gmail That's right. Um, you can, you just, can also email us. Yeah. At our email. Critercastpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Or you can find us on Instagram at CritterCastPodcast, on Facebook at CritterCast, or on Twitter at CastCritter. That's right. You can find us in all those spots. Tell us about your favorite animals. Uh, tell, tell us, us what, what you animals hear. you want us to talk about. And Send show us, us pictures, pictures of, your, of your ball pythons. Yes. I want ball pythons. Especially if they're wearing hats or getting their snoot booped. Yes. Please send us so many pictures and Yo. videos of ball pythons. We love yes. them so much and we can't wait to get our own. That's right. We also on our website right now have a cost and care comparison chart uh, for beginner reptiles. So if you've been kind of thinking about maybe I want to get a reptile, but you want to have an idea of what upfront costs are going to be, what sort of care might go into them go take a look at our comparison chart of course all of these things are like they're just our 
it's, our idea it's based on our research, opinion, of based on research and personal experience. Yes, but they are opinions. Right. Well, be, part of the cost and comparison chart is like we're talking about ease of care and yeah. this is our opinion on what is easy. Exactly. So your idea of what is easy may be totally different. Right. So always do additional research. Right. We are not ex- like our care sheets are very general. They yeah. are not super detailed. We do include links for more detailed yes. care sheets at yep. the bottom. But, you know, do lots of research. Watch plenty of videos. Yep. Read plenty of web guides and talk and to plenty of owners. Links to all of those things on our websites as well. Yeah. There's lots of cool stuff. I think you're going to get it all. We're going to be great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. We hope that you've enjoyed this edition of CritterCast, episode 34 of CritterCast. CritterCast we'll see you we'll in two weeks. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. This is the CritterCast Podcast.